If you value your safety, Sir Bartholomew told Miss Laura sternly, do not leave the shelter of these walls, lest your life fall victim to such imprudence. She'll leave, muttered the reader, turning the page and continuing to read. Laura nodded submissively, sadly, however, though appearing to be the mildest and softest of her sex, wholly devoted to Sir Bartholomew's will, and looking up to him as a superior being. Here, the reader made a sound perilously akin to an unladylike snort. Not half an hour had elapsed before the beguiling child descended into the castle garden, and from thence through the outer gate into the mysterious forest beyond. With a light step, she hastened toward the blackberry patch, but scarce had she picked a dozen of the luscious fruit before darkness descended all about her in the form of a voluminous cloak. Two iron-muscled arms clamped fast around her from behind, and she heard the dreaded but unmistakable sound of Count Rodolfo's evil laughter. So, sweet beauty, you are mine again. Carolyn Hardy glared up in disgust at the ornate ceiling of Bathwick Hill House Library. I knew it, she muttered. What an idiotish female Laura Lovelace is. To be sure, Miss Hardy, with her glossy black curls, rosy cheeks, and sparkling aquamarine eyes, had felt an instant empathy with a heroine possessing soft ringlets the color of a raven's wing and eyes of sapphire blue. But Miss Laura's insistence upon behaving at every turn in the stupidest manner possible had soon put empathy to flight. It was all very well to be desired for one's beauty, Carolyn thought. Nonetheless, it would have been gratifying had the author allotted Miss Laura at least a modicum of intelligence as well. Miss Hardy had small opinion of comeliness in and of itself. After all, she was the acknowledged beauty of her own family, but thought it no great distinction, since most of the other younger members of the Hardy family were male, and since only two of them, and her godmamma's son, who didn't count, might have given her any competition. Indeed, since she lacked the height and willowy figure, not to mention the vast fortune, required to be considered a diamond of the first water, in most gatherings of high-born young females her appearance would have occasioned little remark. That she was generally popular despite these deficiencies could be attributed to her generous spirit and vivacious personality, although neither quality was particularly noticeable when, as was presently the case, Miss Hardy suffered from boredom.